Once again, it's that time. It surely is that time. And we know what that means. It's Mets in a Monk. Monk is not with us today, but he will be back very shortly. I know a lot of you are just yearning to hear that man's voice over mine, so I'll be out of the way in a minute. But first things first, we got a guy that has definitely come up through his own personal recovery to then be put in a position of leadership and and demonstrate on that on a daily basis. This is Chris, and Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a uh, pleasure to be here. All right. Um, so anyhow, the the usual stuff, right, with what brought you into recovery? So I, I would say my journey to recovery uh, began with a uh, family-run intervention. I was very fortunate to have some friends who uh, cared about me, cared about me enough to uh, contact uh, a sibling of mine and thus initiated the, the process. I will say after that intervention, uh, you know, I did get to a, a, a detox, but I definitely tried to do it on my own. I was not really willing and ready to surrender uh, fully to my addiction. Um, and, you know, ultimately after that, there was a six month period of just life getting terrible painful, uh, you name it, I lost it, and uh, subsequently eventually um, got me to where I'm at today. Um, But even now, after kind of putting in some work and going through the process that I went through, I had a deep understanding of what it really came down to was just a, uh, essentially an inability to deal with life on, on life's terms. Yeah. You brought up the word care, you know, and that people cared about you and um, in your own recovery. Where do you feel you're at with care personally? Um, as in caring for myself or others? Let's go with both. For myself, I would say I care about myself drastically more um, than than I did years, years ago. Uh, no self-worth, um, no self-esteem, really essentially just at the ground level of not really feeling good about anything. Now, fast forward to today, I feel that I'm able to care for myself and others. Um, You know, that changes on a day-to-day basis and understanding that there are days when I need to care about myself more than others. And if I can't care for myself, I can't care for others. With esteemable acts, you know, and gaining on the esteemable acts, is there something specifically that you do as a demonstration for that esteemable acts? You know, like you see someone struggling and you, you no matter what's going on, you carve out the time for them or what, whatever that looks like. You get what I'm trying to mention? Yeah. And, um, you know, kind of through my own process and working with others and having others work with me, I've kind of realized that just being there, being available, you know, picking up the phone when you don't want to, when somebody asks you if you have a few minutes and just saying, you know what, I do. Um, and, you know, just kind of being there, I think is a, a big differentiator. Like I don't have all the answers. Um, I haven't met <clears throat> anybody who does, but, um, you know, just being able to kind of sit down at level with somebody one-on-one, I think there's a lot of value to that. Mm. So you're talking about not meeting somebody with all the answers. Is that, is that completely true, or have you met some people that believe they have all the answers? Oh, I've definitely met people who believe they have all the answers. Um, 
But even to this day, I remind myself that I don't have the answers. I feel that if you have a few trusted individuals in your life that you can go to, I think collectively, uh, you can find pretty much most of the answers. Um, But I've kind of surrendered to the fact that that's not me. With working with others and having teachers or mentors in life, is there is there a couple that stand out in particular to you? Specific individuals? Yeah. Um, there certainly is. Um, you know, people I've met in recovery in, in New Hampshire. Um, you know, I would definitely say uh, this guy, Randy. Um, I would say the uh, clinical therapist that I meet with regularly. Uh, I won't say that individual's name. Um, and really, just people I've met kind of in general through through recovery. Um, you know, I can't really pinpoint a specific individual. Um, you know, I would say a lot of it is just kind of continuing to build those re- relationships and establish new ones. Um, you, you know, I would say that initially I might come off as like a little um, kind of difficult to, to open up to, but once I establish connection and relationships with people, um, you know, I feel that I can relate to them on a, on a deeper level. So really just trying to continue to build relationships and in my circumstance, uh, repair relationships. And when I say repair, you know, more specifically with, with family members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you were, when you were talking to about, you know, how, uh, how people, you might come across the people, uh, is it is that something specific to your personality that you feel might be a part of that, or is it just maybe people are trying to get a read on you when really there isn't any read to get? Yeah, I, I, there's no real read to get. Um, you know, I, I've uh, in the past uh, had individuals uh, say that I have the RBF. I won't mention what it means just to be uh, PG thirteen, but uh, you can look it up on the internet. Um, but yeah, and it's really not, it's just kind of like a general demeanor. Um, you know, my face doesn't indicate how I'm doing, you know, good or bad. And, you know, it's nothing personal. It's just kind of who I am. Um, but I find if you get to, to know me, you'll have a good understanding of kind of who I am and what I'm all about. You've been practicing meditation for, for a number of years. What, what is the one thing about meditation you would like to let people know about that you find extremely beneficial? Meditation for me is one of those things. Um, it's really hard for me to describe what it does for me, but it's a lot easier to describe what it does to me when I don't do it. Um, and when I don't do it, you know, really hasn't come up too many times over the years, but the few times, like for instance, Last year, I was on a, a vacation, I think, for five days, and I think I missed three days of, of meditation, and um, restlessness, irritability, discontent crept in after just a, a few days, so that was alarming. Um, you know, fortunately, it was uh, get back to the home front and uh, get back into the into the groove, um, but I often say I, I don't know where I would be without it. Um, I would say some meditations are are better than others. Um, but for me, it's a, a good reminder on a day-to-day basis of allowing me to have time to myself to just to kind of remember, you know, where I came from, um, what I'm currently dealing with and fighting on a day-to-day basis. And, um, you know, it's helped me 
be successful in my recovery. And, um, you know, my plan is to continue to to do it uh, in the future moving forward and ultimately can only keep it in in the day. But happy to report I did meditate this morning. Nice, nice. This is the good stuff going on with the type of meditation and whether it's silent, repeating a mantra, some music uh, or some some nature in the background. Is there one in particular that works for you and why? Big, big nature guy, nature soundscapes. Um, this one CD that I throw on, it is a CD. Um, and argue, I mean, I've probably run through it over a thousand times. Um, and, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I just really enjoy it. And that's, you know, it's got some flutes, it's got some clarinets, it's got some owls, a lot of rain. Um, I do mess with some, you know, beach waves crashing. Uh, growing up near the beach, that's been very serene for me over the years. I will do a uh, guided meditation here and there uh, through the, I believe it's the Insight Timer. I don't want to give away any free ads, but, um, you know, that's been a, a helpful tool, especially if I'm on the, the road or on the run or something. Um, but, you know, I kind of bring it back to just being willing to try new ones. I do have a tendency of just getting stuck in my ways from time to time, uh, believe it or not. So, um, you know, changing my meditation routine, it does take uh, a little bit to urge me to, to try something new. But, you know, we got a, a few CDs in, in the mix with some different types of music and sounds. But I would say just to kind of answer your question that predominantly, you know, music involving nature. Yeah. So tell me about, you know, how maybe you've dealt with some energy vampires in your life. Um, I, I would say my inabil- inability to deal with what we would call energy vampires. Um, I've kind of been programmed to look at my part in it all. And, you know, I would bring it back to, to, to boundaries and expectations around people because, um, you know, in recovery, I think some fundamental flaws. I mean, I can only speak personally, but always wanting to please people or meet the needs of other people when in reality, like, can I just get five minutes to eat breakfast? Yeah, self-care being a major part of anyone's recovery, regardless of what kind of work you do. Um, with the self-care, we, we've already discussed that. Um, but like basically just just rounding things up here and, and basically getting down to, you know, the end of the interview here. Is there is there anything that you would like to bring up about recovery, about what's going on day to day that you would like to wrap us up with here? Um, I, I would say expectations. Um you know, even on like my little journey to recovery, I didn't think it would take me to where I'm currently at today. Um, and then I, I would say my first year, a lot of it was just built around expectations of where I should be or where I think I will be. Um, and then, you know, kind of years down the road, like understanding that like at, you know, one year I thought I was on top of the world. I had it all figured out. Um, and then you go through some life experiences in the, the following years and you're like, man, I did not, I was not as good as I thought I was. Um, and, you know, a lot of it is, you know, is in recovery, things tend to get better and better if you um, put in the work. Um, but, you know, tomorrow is not promised and uh, just really having a deep understanding of what you need to do to be successful uh, today, um, even 
to this day. Uh, you know, I know that there's nothing I can do about the, the past or the future. It is all contingent upon today. So, you know, I still struggle with expectations, um, you know, with myself and my expectations of others. But um, as long as I'm willing to continue to work through that, um, you know, I think I'll be all right. Chris, on that question of, you know, being able to help others or, or care for others, what, what would you say specifically is that point for you where you're, you're expressing your care either through your words or your actions for others? Yeah, and I would say, um, you know, I do have uh, just more of like a, a personal belief on that. And, you know, growing up playing sports, having a bunch of different coaches and coaching myself, just understanding the importance of um, the way you need to interact with certain individuals. Like, for instance, some people might need to get yelled at. Some might need a little more compassion. Some might need to be called out in a group setting. Some need to be called out, you know, in a one-on-one session. Um, so just trying to have that understanding and me doing what I feel is best for the for the individual and also just like not sugarcoating it. Um, you know, I will say that sometimes the truth sucks and uh, those people need to to hear it. And, you know, very lucky to be surrounded by a lot of great people who uh, kind of share the same views and opinions. But, you know, in, in recovery what's most important or one of the most important things is just understanding your truth and how you show up on, in the world on a day-to-day basis. And like, if you're ignorant to that or you don't understand that, you're not going to get well. And the goal of everybody in recovery, I feel, is to to get well. One of the things you've mentioned in the past that I don't know if it's from you personally or a friend of yours, it's a statement. And the statement goes, don't be sorry be better. Is that, is that one of yours or is that burglarized from a friend? Um, I can't confirm or deny the origin of that saying. Uh, it's a great saying. Uh, it may or may not have originated on the volleyball court. Uh, however, it can be uh, translated into really anything, uh, you know, in the, in the world we live in today. And, you know, we hear a lot of sorries uh, just in general. And, you know, I question whether those sorries are, are sincere. So that's a good opportunity just to kind of insert the, you know, don't be sorry, be better. You know, I don't want you to apologize to me. I want you to change the behavior or improve the behavior or the uh, quality of play on a specific sports field, uh, things of that nature. But um, it's a great saying. Um, I don't currently have any tattoos. If I were to get a tattoo, I absolutely would consider that saying. Excellent. Yeah, so again, on the Mets and Monk show, good times, great conversations, and always planting that seed, hopefully that somebody can just take one small thing away from these podcasts, because that is the intention. The Monk will be back shortly. Look forward to working with him again real soon. Chris, can't say thank you enough for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you, guys.